It's a show that's moving into its fifth month when everyone bet on it lasting just one. It's the American Soccer Show. And Eric Alcantar here with Evan McConnell. And we're here to talk all things soccer in America. Plenty to get to today, including the first ever American Soccer Show Cup that took place this time last week. But I wanted to start with something a little different this week. And that is the start of a new team in a new state. Alaska City FC is going to join UPSL. Now, when I heard the news, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was something I'd read on the Nutmeg News. But here we are. It's not only just going to be them, though. Like, they're going to they're gonna have some friends pretty soon, right? Yeah, an Alaskan division, apparently, that they're going to start. I, I have no idea how many teams they're going to be able to possibly field. Are there any other people who live in Alaska? Listen, if you're, if you're listening to the show and you're from Alaska, I'm sorry. People have been campaigning for Anchorage FC for a long time. So. They have been? Yeah. How many people do they, have, do they have? I think it's more of a joke, but I'm just saying. Okay, well, I mean, I figure you have to have at least some basis of, like, at least, like, a rec team, like a men's league team that pulls out, like... <laughs> the 50, local YMCA. Yeah, like, that pulls out some fans, and then it can build up from there. Well, that's the thing, right? They'd have to probably play indoors. I don't imagine there's enough nice months of the year to have a season Unless outdoors. it's, like, a three-month season. Even then, I think that might be a little long. But I don't know how the weather is up there in Alaska this time of year, so what do I know? The other thing I wanted to talk about was the name. Did you see the crest, actually? Let's, let's go with the crest first. The crest. Tell me about the crest. It looks like it was made in Microsoft Word, which is the nicest thing I can say about it without losing our clean if this tag was on iTunes. Ten years ago, would you say it was made in Microsoft Paint? Frankly, it would be an insult to Microsoft Paint. You know, I see some good products. Exactly. Microsoft, Microsoft Paint. Paint is a quality software. Well, let's not go that far. It's not around anymore, so it can't be that great. Well, I mean, you can still get it, though. <laughs> you can find it in the back ways of the Internet. Yeah. Well, okay, so while, while you digest, that's the word I'm looking for, digest that crest. Yeah, the name's dumb, too. Alaska City, there's not a city in Alaska called Alaska <laughs> it's, the whole, it's the whole Alaska City. That's ridiculous. Change the name, really? Alaska it, Alaska actually has a lot of rich culture you could have drawn from, no, Alaska City FC. <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, so here's the thing. When you're saying city, right, we're talking about an actual city, not a state. We're not saying Texas Pencil- city. Pennsylvania City, Texas City. Like what? That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you, you can pick a, like Anchorage City, maybe. Then you could do it. But here, I mean, like, yeah, no, for, for real. Anchorage City would have been interesting, at least. I think you're being a little rough on the. Uh, oh, you finally got it. On the crest, the soccer ball is maybe slightly worse than our logo. <laughs> Whoa, 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 okay, well, I, I never said anything nice about our logo. I did. And the wings, I mean, the wings and the crown, so not only is it royalty, but it's also an angel. The soccer That ball thing here. is hideous, I Emmett, mean, come on. Yeah, oh, okay, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but it's, they're not <laughs> okay. even a real team yet, give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, one other note happened, well, I mean, it's been the worst kept secret in the world, basically, in the last few weeks. Ernie Stewart from the Philadelphia Union front office has officially become the new general manager of U.S. soccer. Uh, the role seems to have been diminished quite a bit since it was first announced. Basically, like it started off as like, oh, the business side, and then he's going to be on the soccer side, or he or she will be on the soccer side, and now we've gotten back to the point where the GM is basically just another person involved in the national team. So Just another face. Well, I'm excited to see him bring the uh, undoubted successes from Philadelphia to the nation. Yeah, and on that note, we'll move to the soccer field because, I, look, I, I'm not I'm not here to talk about if he's qualified or not. I'm sure he's very qualified in terms of business. I'm sure he knows plenty about the sport. I don't imagine he works in any, anybody works in any front office in this league 
that doesn't have that doesn't have some kind of skill. I I would just presume that until you, complete, until you have burner accounts come out about you. It's a completely it's a completely new job. So like yeah, we can we can think that like oh yeah like he at least he'll have like some leeway of knowing you know what's going into it. Right. Given that it's brand new. So let's jump back to last Wednesday where the New England Revolution and Atlanta United tied one one in Foxborough. The Revolution went. The Antonio Conte School of Suffering in this game. And they get a solid result thanks to Teal Bunbury's 88th minute goal off a penalty. You're... He's had a solid season. Yeah, he's, he's had a very good he's season. He's been a good goal scorer for them so far. And uh, really making up for the fact that they've had some injuries. Uh, Agudelo obviously out for a couple more weeks, I mm-hmm. believe. So they've definitely, they've definitely found a way to score goals even without a lot of their primary goal scorers on the field at the same time. And Foxborough has been a fortress. It for has them. been a fortress. Um, but I, we, we talked about... Um, that is, I don't know, it's a little bit of a joking maybe. But if you look at the attendance stats, they're, they were top four in the league. It just feels empty. Yeah, because it feels, it's a huge it's stadium. It's a big stadium. But, uh, they pulled out like 20,000 fans. They were in Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, Philadelphia Union territory for a long time of like 15,000 being an average game. It seems now they're... It goes to show that... I mean, it's against Atlanta. Yeah. So they're going to get a bigger poll. But they've, they've been but doing a weekday well. too. But a weekday, too, in this one, yep. too, and that was a pretty decent crowd for that one as They've well. they been getting a good fan pullout, so, yeah. like, things been going pretty well for them, I would say. I'd also like to point out a lot of forgiveness by Atlanta in this one. Atlanta uh, gave them every, it, let's be fair, Atlanta gave them every reason to equalize in this game. Yeah, Atlanta just, they couldn't put it in the net after the first goal, and uh, they've also lost their left back, Greg Garza, for four to six months. That's a pretty big blow on yeah. that left-hand side of Tata Martino's kind of, you know, three, four, one, two, basically. But it seems like they've got some young guys who've been filling in at the... Uh, Left center, right center back positions. No one's really nailed down a defensive position, I'd say, except for Gressel and Parkhurst, maybe Gonzalez Perez. Yeah, I was going to say Gonzalez Perez, I would say, is definitely a for sure starter. In but that even squad he now. gets, he, he rotates a little bit. Yeah. He, he, he's got the starting job unlocked, but, you know, that's three of five defenders, we would say, have a, a good hold on the starting position. I would think Ambrose will be the guy going forward. They got some young talent back. who've been pretty impressive, so I don't know how big of a loss that'll be. We jumped then to the first ever American Soccer Show Cup last Wednesday. The Philadelphia Union defeated the Chicago Fire 3-1. That's all we have to say about it. We're moving on to the next game, whoa, which whoa, is Real Salt Lake 2. Hold on there, hold on there. This was a good game. What? First of all, <laughs> no, I think we need to change our bet from, not if, is Dom Dwyer going to outscore C.J. Sapong, but is Alan Gordon going to outscore C.J. Sapong? Because right now, I'm yeah. I'm very well believing that Alan Gordon may very well. He could win the Golden Boot if the rate he's going. I mean, he deserves it. I think we should just give it to him no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, good point. He, even, lifetime Achievement Award. He was sorts. on trial at the club. He wasn't even signed. He had to, like, earn his position. And earned it, he has. I mean, I guess we're kind of skipping over the fact that they did lose 3-1. Yeah, but, but hey, Alan Gordon scored. That's all that matters. It, it's it's kind of a joke, but the reality is the, the Union dominated this game. They absolutely deserved the win. I will say that the penalty at the end of the game was soft. wouldn't be called in a rec league on Sundays, let alone in this game, or at least it shouldn't have been, but it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. It was soft. It, it wasn't that bad, but... The refs if, if continue you look to at job the, the fire. If we looked at the penalties that the Union have had called against them so far this year, that one is a more of a surefire penalty. I know we'll get to it later. Yeah. But... Well, I, I it, wanted, it wasn't exactly like egregious. I'll it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I could see why you way. see it. I, I could see what he saw, at least. It he wasn't... kind of just cut him off. Yeah. So, uh, another thing... The fire decided to come out with a very, very odd 5-3-2. The Corrales, again, starting at left wing back. Brandon Vincent joining the, the 11 again as a center back. 
and then Bastion Schweinsteiger in the middle of the back three again, and Kappelhoff and, and, uh, playing to the right of him, and then Daniel Johnson continuing work as a right wing back where I think he's better off right now. It, it was weird because Kevin Ellis in the midfield is that's why. No, yeah, so that's the thing. You he have can't play the ball. In defense. Yeah. Kappel, so here's the thing. Kappelhoff's a good ball. Kappelhoff could do back. it. Brandon Vincent is good on the ball. Technically, he's he's got good play. I, it just kind of surprises me. Like you, you want someone right in the middle of that center of the defense who's a ball player. Most three back systems have that. Conte, look at a prime example. Yeah, the, the libero almost. Yeah, he had Benucci at. Um, at uh, Juventus, Juventus, who is probably one of the best ball-playing center back in the world. And then he had David Luiz for when they, won, when they were good, and they won the league at Chelsea, right? And who he was, has Andreas Christensen now, who's and, pretty good at it, too. And Christensen, who's being molded into that position as well. Yeah. Uh, the so. other, I mean, look, I, I, I'm a Paunovic guy. I've been, I've been in his corner. You know that. I'm, I'm starting to get concerned because I just don't get it. How is it that between, you know, I know Campbell is still coming back from his injury. But how is it between Campbell, Grant Lillard, Kevin Ellis, and Johan Kappelhoff that you can't feel the back five without Bastian Schweinsteiger in it? The, I, I just don't get it. Like I, I'm all for the back five because I do think it's it's a nice it's the best way to hide the fire's deficiencies both in defense and in offense for that matter because their width is terrible. Yeah. So you know having wingbacks can kind of help with that. But the fact remains, these guys are just. It's like a mishmash of pieces in the back there, and you're just throwing Schweinsteiger in the middle of it because he can play the ball. Like, that's not good. And you can tell it's it's really starting to frustrate Schweinsteiger, and I don't think the position on the field is he necessarily... Had a rough game too. Yeah, he's clearly frustrated. He's, he's starting... He's losing for the first time in his career, really. Yeah. I, I don't blame him because, look, it was one thing when, okay, look, it's an emergency. We don't have any more center backs. Bastion, I need you back there. He did it. He's a consummate professional. But right now... I think that there's enough center backs on the team to where he doesn't have to play there anymore. It's a waste of his talent. I do. Th- it's a waste of his talent, and frankly, we see what happens when he gets forward. He's, uh, good things happen when he touches the ball in the opponent's third of the field. Uh, I will say that offensively, as much as you want a ball player there, he gave the ball away a lot, especially kind he did. of uh, in the as the game started dragging on. Not necessarily the last ten minutes, but like the, kind of the twenty minutes before that, the like sixty to eighty minute period, gave away the ball a lot in the back. Just by being kind of lackadaisical. You know, that's kind of how he plays. He kind of plays simple, easy passes. But the Union were all over it. Yeah. Uh, so One more on the fire side, at least. Uh, Brant Bronico. I kind of laughed when they brought him on for the first time this season, and I was like, okay, who is this? Yeah. Uh, he has looked, he's looked good. He, he's, got, he's got some chops on him in terms of being able to play a pass. He, he's very creative. And I got to give him some credit because it looks like Velko Panovic has taken notice and continues to play him. So his uh, pass, I believe, on the goal, one of the back back heel on it, I think, was that this game? They're all sort of blending in together. But I don't he think has... he back heeled it. But, so he, he did nutmeg two players. He nutmegged Ray Gaddis and Austin Trusty to get the ball to Gordon, which was like, I, like, I think it was purposeful. No, th- he's, he's very good with the feet. Yeah. So, uh, I know I'm with you, but I, I, just... I also want to give the fire credit because I think when you talk about young players – the union have been coming up a lot because they had that you know record young back line, but the fire kind of quietly bring up a lot of yeah, academy players. Some of that guys. by force, to be fair, you know, huh? some of that by force because of the injuries and yeah, but like, like you still know, have to do it. Grant true. Lillard been pretty good. Daniel Johnson, young Brant Bronico. Now they drafted him, but yeah, and and even then though, like even like Alan Gordon, people would say, oh, well, why not give it to a youngster? The fact is, the fire tried, and they, it just didn't work. They, so you had to go somewhere else. Yeah, Georgi Mihailovic as like kind of like the future playmaker of that team. They've been giving young guys players, young, young players chances. You got anything on the union? 
I feel like we spent a lot of time wow. on a team that lost 3-1. I mean, yeah, the, the Union are starting to play really well, right? Oh. I well, mean, no, no David Akam goal, no CJ Sapong goal. I find it hilarious, honestly, that so I, I had money on Akam scoring. that this weekend, Dark Poshkal would have at least a goal and assist over the course of his two games. Because I have my fantasy team. Right. I didn't captain him. He had, in this game, two assists and a goal. It turned out to be right. The next game obviously wasn't so great for them, but... I, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I think it's fair to say that they've, you know, took the early criticism in stride and have figured it out to a certain extent. Yeah. All right. Well, now we'll jump to that other game that I, <laughs> that I was hastily trying to get to before Emmett could make fun of me. <laughs> it was Real Salt Lake 2, Houston Dynamo 1. The good result for Real Salt Lake at home, Kyle Beckerman, who is actually still around in case anybody didn't know that, he gets the game winner. So good for him. And he's kind of quietly been just doing his job and being solid at Real Salt Lake, who have also been quiet and solidly oh, well, getting yeah. results. We will talk a little bit more about Real Salt Lake in their other game because it feels weird talking about a game that was literally a week ago and giving some kind of like purposeful analysis. I'm sure everybody at this point has dissected the game to They're death. over it. Yeah, we're all over it. So in that sense, the LA Galaxy are probably over losing to FC Dallas. They lose, over, over losing 3-2, specifically. Specifically 3-2 as well. Some deja vu for them in this one is they lose to a 10-man, no, not even 3-2, not even just to FC Dallas, to a 10-man FC Dallas 3-2. That, that, you can't write that. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> well, the, the, and this time in California instead of Texas. The red card was at the end of the very end of the game. But, that's true, too. Uh, Dallas kind of just given LA Galaxy the business recently. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, like that. Word. Three goals. I mean, so yeah, Dallas could probably do better in these two games. They were late goals that they've conceded, so maybe some worries late in the game, but still kind of solid from them. It was kind before. of very similar, yeah, to the very first similar. match. Uh, the only difference I would say is that the the push by the Galaxy came far later than it did in the first game. The first game, I remember Ibrahimovic having a chance to tie the game in the mid-80th minute. I think it was like 85th, 86th minute, and he literally nearly, nearly knocked the goal out of the ground free with how hard yeah. he hit it. So there's that. Uh, the only Yeah, so the only difference, like I said, LA goal, LA's goal comes extremely late to the point where you know there's probably not much of a chance of it, it comeback. basically last game. Yeah, one more thing. Uh, Christian Coleman for FC Dallas. He's kind of had an iffy start to the season, but he had a harsh red card in this one. I, by the letter of the law, he touches his face, but I thought it was harsh. Get it overturned? I don't think so. I don't think he's had it overturned yet. I'll check. But It looks like they rescinded the suspension. Oh, all right then. Well, yeah. see, look, I continue to call for justice. Our producer calls in. Our producer yeah, calls in. This was also five days ago, by the way. So, <laughs> Well, this is what happens when the, it's a week late to the game. When the production value. Our produ- yeah. We'll get our producers on top of that. Yeah. yeah. We'll blame the producer for that. Jump to Friday. Colorado Rapids hosted Vancouver and lost 2-1. So four straight draws for Vancouver. Finally, the run ends, and they are able to win a game. And that's also seven in a row lost by the Rapids, who are also just completely lost at this point. I mean, Vancouver's kind of got a knack of scoring multiple goals in a game. Yeah, Finally yeah, get it down to conceding less than multiple. Only a single goal this time. Good for them. Uh, I think this one's more on the Rapids, kind of being a disaster <laughs> Those, right now. Yeah, you feel bad for them because they look rough. All right, jumping to Saturday. The Portland Timbers and LA Galaxy played to a 1-1 draw in Portland. This is a pretty exciting game, even though there were only two goals, 34 shots. Portland had 10 on target, so you can imagine that it was a busy day for the goalkeepers. And your boy, Chris Pontius, scores for LA Galaxy to give them the early lead. I think he's already outdone his stat numbers. Oof, that weird. I think he's already (laughs) outdone himself last year in terms of goal output. I think he's two or three this year. He had two last year, came in in the same game. 
So it's good to see him kind of like, I think moving back to his home state has kind of given him a little bit of revitalization. Philadelphia has really revitalized him, huh? Well, Philly did have that revitalization. He had 12 goals, 6 assists in his first year there, and then 2 goals, 6 assists in his next year. And, uh, but, you know, getting into that star-studded L.A. lineup, good for him kind of yeah, getting well, in there. I mean, lots of international it, duty. I mean, you think about it, yeah. Like the okay. Santos brothers. They're out. But he has been getting, you know, substitute time and yeah, he's, chances he's, to score. He looks, he looks pretty decent every time he's in the game. So uh, it was kind of weird, though, to see L.A. get off on the front foot against away, too, to Portland. It was really weird Unusual. to see them take the game to Portland. And, but the goal actually seemed to wake Portland up a little bit because after that it was basically all Portland. Uh, their equalizer comes on a penalty after Andres Flores gets looked at by Shelvick. I, I, I'm saying that as nicely as I can. He <laughs> literally bar- barely just looked at him, like, and he gets the foul. I'd be aggravated if I was a Galaxy fan, honestly. Now, Alejandro Moreno on the broadcast was like, oh, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. And now coming from a former striker, so we'll take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. It was just so soft. I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I the goal I think, was coming. So I think we're kind of seeing more penalties this year for light challenges. I don't know if it's because they feel like they can call it back because of VAR. Whereas, but that's never going to happen. Like unless somebody just completely never touches anybody for a dive, and then they call back. Yeah, unless it's a dive, I think. Yeah, I don't right, think we're ever going to see back. somebody. But I'm wondering if they've been using VAR more as a crutch recently, and been giving calls or letting plays happen, especially for offsides, a little bit more. Yeah, Offside. it's possible. Uh, man of the match performance, I mentioned the goalkeepers, David Bingham. He's been, like, quietly solid for them. He's had better back lines in his day. Yeah, but, but not only really making mistakes, keeping his team in the game for the most part. Can't say he's done anything wrong. I mean, when you see ten shots on target and you only let in one, you got to think of it as a pretty successful day if you're the goalkeeper, all things considered. Even if, you know, some of them were soft headers right at him, some of them were just, you know, uh, misdirected kicks that end up coming at him, but you got to make the save. So Yeah, no, he, he did have some impressive ones too, so uh, it's it's always something. Columbus Crew 3, Toronto FC 3, goals, goals, goals. It, it was <laughs> the cliche, like, two, a tale of two halves where Toronto was murdering Columbus and then they couldn't stop a nosebleed after they got the third goal. So it, an early penalty gives Toronto a 1-0 lead. Then in the 38th minute, they doubled it thanks to Toussaint Ricketts. And then finally, Jovinko makes it 3-0 with a nice free kick in the 57th minute. And you'd think the game's over at that point. It like, should be There's over. no way to come back from that, especially with what a great goal it was by Jovinko. So it feels kind of backbreaking in that sense. It's kind of been a matter of things just absolutely falling apart for Toronto. Yes, it has. So at what point, I mean, a couple of results at home, but when are they going to get it? They have to get on the road. they got to get a run going. Forget even, like, just consecutive results would do them some good right now. They, they, they need to get something. I mean, you say a draw on the road would be good, but in their situation? No, not. Especially 3-0, you have to get three points out of that game. I think just where they're on the table. doesn't matter what the score was at any point in the game. I think they need a win here. Yeah, they did. And uh, so I was wrong, clearly, thinking the game was over because Craig Berhalter made, basically, he made two of them, and then literally a minute later, he made the next one. So he basically made all three subs at the same time. And, yeah, yeah it was just incredible. I, I mean, he gets his tactics changed. right, right? Like, we've given him enough praise throughout this uh, podcast, but he really deserves everything. I mean, coming back from 3 nothing. I mean, again, a draw at home, not always a good thing, but that's... Yeah, I would think... He figures it out. Yeah, and I, we'll, we've, we will talk about it ad nauseum when eventually somebody gets named to be the U.S. men's national team coach, but I would think Greg Berhalter is going to get a look. I think him and Peter Vermees, I think it would be hard to pull either of them away. 
Maybe Berhalter. I don't think so. I think of... both of them would absolutely take it. You but think, to be fair, Berhalter definitely. I know where you're going with that, right? Like the instability of his own team. It's more likely for him to maybe take it, but yeah. Uh, tactically, I think he'd be a great option. So first it was Zardes, 67th minute off a corner, and well, these goals happen, and of course Giazzi Zardes continues his trend of only scoring within like 12 feet of the goal, and then in the 81st minute, Michael Bradley finds himself unable to clear his lines, and Alex Krognail, Cronale. Cronale, man, makes him pay for the second, <laughs> and the icing on the cake, Zardes makes the Toronto defense look hapless, and he draws a penalty. Giazzi Zardes draws a penalty. I know he's like a meme of a, of a player, but... He's been really good. He's, he's had, his, he's he's had, had a decent year. Yeah, yeah, the stats are going to tell you more because the stats are going to say he's had a pretty good amount of goals. And then remember, we're going to have the tap-in highlight reel at the end of the season. True. But he's got to get there. And he, I mean, look at Ola Kamara. I mean, he True. was pretty highly rated and he did the same thing. And, I mean, more of it, I think, com- does come down to Greg Berhalter and his system allowing tap-ins. So then Frederico Higuain converts the penalty, draws the game level, and from there it basically ends 3-3. This had the chance of being the turnaround moment, I think, for Toronto, and I can tell you right now, that set them back quite a ways. It's... Because, I mean, how do you even look at yourself in the mirror after that? Uh, they, they're they in trouble. That's, I mean, I think we can all agree on that. They're not in a playoff place yet. They're kind of like in D.C., Montreal. They're under Montreal right now. They are in bad shape, yes. And so, uh, still time, but this is what we've talked about, how it's really, really hard to overcome early season struggles. They kind of sacrificed it for the cup run, but yeah. well, it's, 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 it's showing how hard it is right now. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the impact thing. Oof. I didn't even realize that. That that's is a bad. rough place to be. Now they've played two less games, but so that's still It's fair to say insane. they might overtake them. Also, they've also played two more games than D.C. United. So, so D.C. waiting to get on that D.C. is only two points behind them. That's, yeah. that's also kind of a rough thing to look at it that way. Speaking of rough to look at, so after the Philadelphia Union decided that they were going to play some competent soccer, they turned around and had perhaps one of the bigger meltdowns of the season thus far. They go to Atlanta and lose 3-1. Now, no, I don't think anybody expected them to do much there. But I got to say, this what a weird game. The it, meltdown, I don't think it was in the Union's play. Yeah, it was. Uh, like, okay, the Bedoya red card was one of the strangest things I've seen. Maybe the next strangest being... A guy, Harris Mandunian, like, consummate professional. Really, really respectable leader for the team. He's He would be the captain if Bedoya wasn't, like, the highest played, played player <laughs> in the team. I th- I, like, right. he's the vice captain. I think people look up to him a lot and he, they listen to him. He just goes off. I haven't seen... Listen, this is a guy who got a red card rescinded yes, right, right, when he, a rival player slide-tackled him, and he said, oh, no, no, no. Same contact. ref, by the way, too. I don't know it if you knew that. Same, same ref, ref. It's and insane. Just, he loses... I mean, like, it can't be... He couldn't have gotten that mad just for the car. <laughs> so, the, so let's that give it like this. The situation comes because Joseph Martinez makes a good run in behind the defense, and Trusty brings him down. I don't. That's the other thing that bothers me about this is that there was a very long dispute about this, despite the fact that it was a pretty clear penalty in my book. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Martinez loses the ball here. He gets it stuck behind him, and Trusty takes it away from me. Does he get his leg? Yeah, and that's why I can see it being called. I wouldn't be... Like, I would argue... Like, I see Trusty. He was absolutely incensed. He had no... he, And no no part of his mind was that a penalty. I can see why it was called. I don't think it was. Uh, the players obviously he didn't. Kicked but him. The, he kicked him. Yeah, but he, he won the ball. Yeah, after kicking him. What? No, no. Because he, he does, like, an elastic move with his foot, so he takes the ball away from him last second, and all that's there left is the leg, and he kicks the leg. So the, the problem was... So, 
I the reason why I didn't think it was a penalty is because he loses the ball, Martinez, mm-hmm. and it's behind him. And then so Trusty, yeah, I think a little bit of inexperience. He does sweep the leg too much, which is why like I I'm not going crazy about this being. I think it could it could have gone either way. Once he calls it, he's not going to bring it back probably. No, maybe. But that's the thing is like the players were upset, but then it was Bedoya fixing his sock that got yeah. The so red that because of the they they called that's him delaying the game. He already crazy. had a yellow. He so did a second yellow. So, so they give him a second yellow for delaying the game, which by letter of the law that is the rule. Yeah, I think again, you could have been a little more lenient on a second yellow, but I mean apparently he didn't know. Players is, said that Soica said during the game he didn't know that Bedoya was on a yellow card. This is coming from Atlanta players actually. Interesting. It was weird. It's set of a events, weird right? set of events, and like you said, Harris Madunian just—I mean—is incensed, and then he gets the yellow for dissent. So what does he do in reaction to this? He doesn't back off. No, no, no. He—he he, he gets in the ref's face. He's no close enough to spit on him. Well, I mean, to be well, fair. that was after the red. But well, yeah, I mean, I mean, close at. enough to spit. At, I don't mean that like he spat on him like he intentionally. Spit, he did spit in the direction of him. I'm just saying, like he was Which, so close enough to the ref that he could literally spit on him with how close he was just by prob- talking. Yeah. It was. Bad. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess it's because they kind of everyone else was either younger or red carded. Who <laughs> could have pulled him away? But it wasn't until he got red carded that Trusty pulled him away. I'm surprised. Yeah, that was early. just amazing. Yeah. So totally the, the game ended here. Basically, nine men Atlanta, or nine men away to Atlanta. Yeah. Good luck with that. But you didn't put in a really good effort. Borg Tochkal two... got soaked out, by the way, so that killed them. It's fantasy. Team. I did not captain. I did ca- captain Nami Rowan, who got uh, two more points. Um, but the. I, I think that it did take Atlanta two penalties and a tap-in for Martinez, who, congratulations on the hat-trick. I think yeah. he was the fastest player to get. To get that many hat-tricks, that yeah. Many hat-tricks. Uh, so, really amazing. Kind of speaks how much Atlanta's done. But Union didn't make it easy with nine men. No, they didn't. And, yeah, credit credit be done. If you had told me the Union were going to have nine men at some point in this game, I'd have said, oh, game ended 5-0, didn't it? I mean, we did make jokes that this was going to be a double-digit loss yeah, for the Union. Yeah, so I guess so take I, some credit in that. I'm, I'd give them credit moving forward. Montreal Impact. They won. 1-0 against the Houston Dynamo. Tough trip for Houston. They fell to both Real Salt Lake and Montreal. Uh, you would think that Houston would set out on their trip, even having to travel to both places, thinking they should probably get four points out of it. Yeah. They, and they even maybe six. Um, but is this kind of what we're talking about, their inconsistency? They're a really good team from what I've seen When they're so on far. their day. Especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, at home, they're a completely different animal, but they did beat the fire at, on the road. True. So it's not that they can't do it, but um, still a little bit more inconsistencies when I see them settle out, and they could be a Yeah, they, they only managed one shot on target against the Montreal team that's leakier than a 50-year-old faucet. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> that, that's got to be brutal. Uh, Jason Vargas's goal was pretty spectacular, so I will give the impact credit. They did earn it in that sense. They hadn't scored in four matches. That's incredible. The the impact went four games without scoring, so I I just Houston will think that they did should have done better and they should have because the impact are hapless right now. I I think that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, the New England Revolution got another win, two one over the Red Bulls, and not another win, a win and a draw. So a really good double fixture week for New England. Because they have four points in two games against Atlanta and the Red Bulls. So we talked about expectations coming into a double fixture week. If you had offered them four points, they'd have taken it in a heartbeat, for sure. Even having hosted both teams. Even being tough, in, the, in the fortress, yeah, because... They're tough games. Especially New York, who doesn't have to travel very far to get to you. It, it really is. like They're probably two of the better teams in the East. Most dangerous on the road, too. For sure. Uh, so definitely would take it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's important to note the Red Bulls were without Tim Parker and Tyler Adams, both on national team duty, but I shouldn't disparage the result for New England, who continues to just win 
and yeah. get points. Jesse Marsh, it works with what he has. Uh, I think he generally has a pretty deep lineup. He could bring in a lot of guys who would be just as dangerous. Aaron Long, let's not forget, he's kind of been just as strong as Tim Parker for a, a lot of the season. Not got a lot of credit. I do kind of rate Tim Parker a little bit higher, but he, he, has, he has Aurelian Collin kind of sitting in the back who's a, a very, very serviceable center back in MLS. So it's not like they went up against like a Toronto C team True. or something. True, and uh, another big note that they were down to start the game. The Red Bulls scored first, Bradley Wright Phillips again, and, you know, Dago Fagundes and Teal Bunbury put the revolution up for the win, fourth place in the East. So what do we think? I'm going to kind of pause what we're going through right now. Revolution higher at the end of the season or Orlando? Because in the beginning of the season, these were kind of both of our yeah. kind of dark horse candidates. We've both kind of been that. New England has 22 points. Orlando City has 19, with Orlando City having played one less game. So they're almost even. Like, that's that's about as close as you're really going to get to being even at this stage of the season. They both have six wins. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I guess I got to give credit to New England because – and I make the pick for New England. When I look at a team that has – like Orlando, that has one draw on the season – Six wins, six losses. That tells me that that's a team that's that's up and down. They don't get, they don't grind out enough results to get that high on the table. So New England, I, look, I I believe that anybody going there is going to have a tough game, and on the road they can compete with anybody too. It seems like so. I, I have to give credit to the team that gets the most results. I think we're going to switch places a little bit here because I think when Orlando is healthy, they're one of the more dangerous teams in the league. They are. They did have. But, but their bust-ups seem to be kind of, I mean, you know, we're in the middle of one right now. So, but we remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They did have, this was the toughest part of their schedule. Right. And they came out of it terribly. Yes. Fair to say they lost every single game. A lot of people are calling games. for Christ to be fired. But four games, four losses, not good. But toughest part of their schedule, it's easing up now. They've had injuries a lot this year. I think when they're healthy, they're... They're exciting, yeah, at least. That's, but that's part them. of the problem because, you know, talking about Orlando City, they lost 3-0 to NYCFC. Orlando's going to have to do some soul-searching because without Dom Dwyer, their attack has sort of reverted back to where it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's, it's toothless. They, you know, they're kind of looking like where they were last year as like a... Stuck in the t- middle of this, like... 10-9-8 position in the East. And that's not where they want to be. And I do think... Well, right now they are in uh, fifth place, I believe. Sixth. Or sixth place. Sixth. Yeah. Um, so it's like they're still in a playoff spot. Also, one more point than the Union. Which, like, With oof. one less game played, to be fair. But I'm just saying one more than the Union, two more than the Fire. That's It's not exactly not good. a great spot, but they did have that great run of games. They did. Well, they won six in a row and then lost four in a row. Yeah, so it's a streaky team, and that's why I'm concerned about their table position. You talked about who would be higher. I think both will probably be in the playoffs at the end of the season. But I think that New England's ability to get results is, is going to help them. It, again, I'm not yeah. speaking in you know rocket science here. The fact is, one point's better than no points. That's. I'm going to check the math on that. We're going to get a producer on okay. it. Yeah, we have confirmed one point is better than no points. I, I just I see it that way. If you can grind out some draws, that Orlando's going to lose those games. It looks like because they just, again one draw tells me that you either win or you lose. And when you lose those types of games, that hurts your positioning at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I w- I'm going to devil's advocate that. If you are tied at a game, you either you push really hard, you're going to either win or lose because you concede too much at the back, you score. If you do that over the course of two games and you win one and lose one, 
that those three points would then be more than if you draw you drew both games. And well, you tie. can play devil's advocate like that, but like New England, they've played one more game than Orlando, and they have the same amount of wins, but they have three more draws. So that's the kind of thing that I look for, just as an indication of look. I don't look strength of schedule. Who knows what that's they're, like? They're less likely to lose a game. Yeah, it just is, it just looks to me like they have a better chance of getting results. And it's fair because they, they need results. I mean, we talked about Orlando's tough stretch. New England just did it against the Red Bulls in Atlanta. So exactly. Yeah, they deserve some credit for that. Absolutely, they do. Uh, we did want to talk about NYCFC at least a little bit. Uh, Chajoy Shradi looks pretty good. Looks like he's got the chops to play wing back. And he's got a ton of talent going forward, so I think that it's going to work out well for him. Looks like the three at the back is here to stay. Patrick Vieira may not be though, so who knows? And same with Jesse Marsh. So like every week, there's a new, there's a new rumor that Patrick Vieira has already decided to to go somewhere else. To go somewhere else. Yeah. And now the rumors out that the Jesse Marsh is going to be leaving for Europe for Red Bull Salzburg. Yeah, uh, Leipzig. Leipzig. Which is a pretty big deal, actually. Yeah, a top team in Germany and uh, Vieira to a mid-table team in France. Uh, I would I would say it's not good for the league. Good for the pedigree of saying, oh, we've had these coaches who've gone on to here. But you're losing some top coaches that in the is, league who've had some really good soccer. And, the, and I'll tell you one thing. It's harder to replace coaches than it is players. Yeah. The reality is there are a hundred C.J. Sapongs in the oh, world. God. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. just, let's be no, real, right? right? right. But there's not that many Jesse Marshes and not that many Patrick Vieiras that want to try their craft here in this country. Well, I could try, like, right now, Tata Martino. Yeah, exactly. Like, And uh, you know what? And Maybe I guess it's this aspect of the league that we didn't consider, or at least we don't talk about enough, the idea that it's a stepping. the league wants to be a stepping stone to Europe now. Maybe not for just players either. Looks like some coaches might start to get some work overseas as well. And hopefully the, you know, the assistants who learned under them will be able to pick up what they've had. Yeah. But... Yeah, big win for NYCFC at least. I mean, yeah, I mean, turned that baseball stadium into a tough place to play as well. Yeah, Orlando did have a penalty in the 49th minute. I wanted to mention that, but Kleshton puts it off the post, and I, I think that sealed the fix. It was one nil at that point. Yeah, that hurts. And the game, and the game just completely shifted because they were dejected, and they're going to miss Yoshimaru too. And I think for as long as he's gone with Peru. Yeah, he's been really a valuable asset in that midfield. They're always missing something. It's true, right? The, the, pro- the biggest problem with their team is when they are missing something, they're just not the same. It's true. Red Bulls, NYCFC, they just keep out, going, they, right? They replace them, they keep it's going true. what they're doing. Yeah. Perhaps a sign of good coaching versus not so good coaching in Christ. Perhaps. FC Dallas, first team to ever do the LA double in the same season. <laughs> FC Dallas. In the same week? In the same week, yeah, not the same season. Although I believe they are actually the first team that's beaten both LA teams, too. But anyway, yeah, first first time in double fixture week, a good double fixture week for them. Six they, points. They have the Dallas. They, I mean, Dallas has the L.A. number. They've yeah. won, what, three games so far out of three against L.A. opponents. Good for them. Yeah, they deserve some credit, as I know we've been talking about the last few weeks, to being another team that's making a lot of goals out of fullbacks recently. Yeah. They're Reg, good. Reggie Coleman, um, what was it, Ryan Hollingshead? Had a good week against uh, the Galaxy earlier on. Right. They're good. Uh, Reto Zeigler opened the scoring for Another them. Another defender, yeah. Yeah, uh, off a set piece. So just a good job being where you need to be, scoring yeah. it off a few deflections. And they doubled it early in the second half thanks to a goal from Roland Lamar. They've been getting pretty much everything right. Yeah, so yeah, it was basically to to win. all Dallas up to that point. LAFC did claw back in the game thanks to Adama Diomande scoring his first yeah. MLS goal. But again, another team with LAFC whose depth is... Starting to be questionable. They're, without the depth, 
they don't have yeah they don't have the depth to kind of go about their business the same way. Urania was a big loss. We're seeing that in the results now, and I think they're missing Vela for this game, right? International. Yeah, Carlos group. Vela is gone. Puts a lot of pressure on young Diego Rossi and uh, Latif Blessing to create up top. It does, and it was starting to show a little bit. We also saw Jordan Harvey gets the classic uh, subbed on and gets sent <laughs> off. Oh God, it's brutal. Uh, it, it, it took like 20 minutes, but yeah, that's you never want to get sent off when you come on as a sub. That's like you're, you're really uh, hurting your coach there. It gives you the chance to come on. I will say that it did show towards the end of the game, Dallas was clearly playing their second game of the week because they looked pretty gassed yeah. at the end. But, I mean, they held on. They've been doing that. That's They've been phenomenal, and it shows where they are on the table. That's kind of like their story against L.A. teams, too, against like the Galaxy. It's just like big, huge early lead, and then they kind of give up at the end and give up a few goals, and it comes close. Second but in the West. Still get the wins. Yeah. Second in the West, and they've played less games than Sporting Kansas City. One less game, to be exact. So, But there you go. Yeah, they're quietly going about being one of the better teams in the league. Well, speaking of two quiet teams, it's Chicago Fire and San Jose Earthquakes. Good old Bridgeview, 2-1 to the Fire. The Fire certainly were welcoming San Jose to Bridgeview because they have been consistently tragic this season, have the Earthquakes. It must be kind of refreshing for the Fire to come into a game, I think realistically being the favorites. Yeah, and winning one at home. They've yeah, they've been, they have struggled. They have struggled a bit at home, so it is good for them to try to make up some of those results. And I mean, it's one thing if you're just going to be consistently good on the road, then it just replaces what you would have done at home. But you can't always rely on being good on the road. You never know when that can shift yeah, out of your favor. It's helpful, but you need to make your home field a fortress. Speaking of consistent, though, Alan Gordon scores again. What a man. Third straight game with a goal. And welcome back to the starting 11, Luis Solignac, who assisted the goal as well. He's a good winger, but he's like the only winger they have with, with him and Kataya. They like, need they Solignac, no I think, that's, will help tremendously. Yeah. That's finally an attacking option that you know you can rely on because he's already MLS proven. Yeah. You know he's got talent. You know he's a consummate professional. You know he and Panovic have a good relationship. Unlike Panovic and Kataya, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that after. But Alexander Kataya is the one that doubles the lead just four minutes into the second half. And I, I thought it was going to finally be an easy day for the fire. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. A few missed chances. And San Jose hung in there to keep themselves in the game. It's not all good news. Patrick McLean gets injured. I, I, uh, I can't remember. The tweet already came out how long he was going to be out, but it's going to be a pretty decent amount of time. So um, that's going to hurt. I That hurts, considering he's been pretty solid for them. But I also would say that he's been kind of has the, the benefit of they have Richard Sanchez, who has also grown into that role. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying now, having seen McLean play some games, you think he's better. I think he's. I don't. Maybe not even necessarily just better in terms of overall goalkeeping, yeah. but in terms of the decisions he makes. Richard Sanchez again, giving me heart attacks, coming off his line, making some just uh, some questionable decisions, and I just. He'll learn. He's still young. I know he'll learn. I know he's still young, but I just after seeing Patrick McLean do that. It's hard for me not to be disappointed that he won't now. He basically just lost his starting job again. Again, yeah. Off of a pretty rough injury. Poor guy. I cannot seem to find how long he's going to be out, but I know it's a substantial amount of time. Giving Richard Sanchez a chance to firmly 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 grasp it. (laughs) Firmly grasp the starting job. Kukopanovic went to a 4 3 3. It was Solignac back in the 11. Schweinsteiger back in the midfield, thankfully. And Mo Adams, Bronico as well. So uh, kind of an interesting trio there. Some young guys with the veteran. 
with the veteran. I think I think Bronico could learn a lot from Schweinsteiger. Yeah, but they all could. To be fair, every player on the field could. Even even McLean and Sanchez. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> sure he's telling them how to use like the W to catch the ball every <laughs> once in a while. Still, good result, but not the best for the Fire. Not the best performance, I should say. It wasn't really all that impressive, even if you look at the scoreline. But I wanted to talk about something Velko Panovic said after the game. So I'm going to read his quotes. Quote, I'm not happy with the performance, Panovic said, especially the play when we conceded the goal. I'm not happy with how we behaved, how we treated our opponent, and the outcome of lack of seriousness, the lack of professionalism. I told the guys I will speak with them Monday, especially individuals will hear me out. I'm a competitor. If I see that somebody is not competing in that locker room, you better change or you're not going to be here. I'm very serious with this. When I saw what I saw today in the last 15 to 20 minutes, I was sick. I was really sick. If that happens again, I'm not going to be here or somebody else is not going to be here. I'm saying this very, very clearly, and they will hear from me. This came after he was asked about Alexander Katai. Oh, specifically about no, Katai. No, no, he did not specify that this was about Katai, but the question before had been about Katai, and then he went on this like mini rant. Who do you think it's about then? Katai. I think it's absolutely about Katai. He's had some attitude problems. I know he's here. had attitude problems, and I'm sure he's not. Maybe, yeah, I don't know what goes on in training, but i got to say this. His game in the last few weeks has very much changed, and he's put in a lot of work all yep. around the field. So Scoring I, goals. I'm just, uh, you know, maybe he is talking about somebody else, but the reality is I'm pretty sure it's Katai, and I I don't like that because I normally I'm all for anybody, you know, calling anybody out in the press. I, I always find it kind of amusing, and, you know, we love it because we get to talk about it. But there is a reality to this, and that is that I just don't know what else he wants from Katai. Katai, has, his form has attitude, been fantastic. Right? It's, a, it's just attitude. He's been playing well, but his attitude... Is really that bad? That he I, needs to come out here and say this? I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I mean, what, they're both Serbian, right? So maybe they're <laughs> oh both talking goodness. to each other in a language oh, no one else can hear. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, but I, that's not a good sign. That's that's actually. really bad. That's that's really bad. And Katai's on alone. People may, may or may not know that, may have forgotten, but he's on alone. So... I would like to extend him because it looks like he has proven like that he the deserves. He's the only creative outlet right now. Yeah, so I would like to see him extended, but the reality is if Panovich doesn't want him around, somebody's going to have to go. Maybe it's Panovich. I don't know if I see that happening. I don't think the owner's going to want to pay. For a new owner. It's tough to find new owners. Easier to replace the players, huh? New manager, but yeah, definitely easier to replace the players yeah, than the I owner. I agree. <laughs> so finally we have Real Salt Lake 2, Seattle Sounders nil. Poor Seattle had to come back to play back-to-back games against Real Salt Lake, who clearly is now the co-owner of Seattle Sounders <laughs> FC. We pride ourselves on trying to give coverage to every team in this league, so let's let's give some love to Real Salt Lake, who quietly, and I mean very quietly, have moved to third in the Western Conference with this pair of wins. Whoa, they had whoa, this whoa! Week. They're already up to third. Yes. Talk about quietly, yeah. I, mean, I I couldn't believe it. I looked at the table when doing the notes for this week's show, and I'm like, what? They're above LAFC. They're above Portland. They're above the LA Galaxy. They're above Seattle. They're just four points below oh, FC Dallas. Two good home wins for them. Six points. I think if you ask them if they take six points. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, T- sorry. Okay. But, cool, bro. But right, they. I think they would. They would be amazed that you asked. I think they. I mean, I know they're at home, but I think they would expect four points out of this. Maybe maybe a draw against Seattle, or Houston. Those aren't exactly push. I mean, okay, fair. Seattle this year kind of has that. <laughs> yeah. But those aren't exactly easy games. I know they're at home, but, like, definitely, like, a huge uh, jump for them. I, I do want to note that 
Vancouver in sixth is just two points behind them. It is a tight race in the West. That and is Real fair. Salt Lake does have a negative seven goal difference. <laughs> we will talk a little about place. that. Yeah, I do. I, I did want to say one thing in terms of scoring goals. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole before I forget about Seattle because there's one thing I wanted to talk about with Seattle. Oh, I think I know what it is. Seattle have now been shut out more times this season That's than they've scored. I was say That's that. amazing. More like, how does that out. even happen? It's how it's shocking. Honestly, there it's aren't that many shutouts. Really? It's true. Yeah, the shutouts it's numbers have been pretty low. So. Pretty few and far between, but I think if you're in a Seattle game, you kind of bank on there being <sighs> a shutout. They're generally pretty good defensively. Generally, not this year. You could usually rely on that, but yeah, sitting in 11th place, tied with points with Colorado, who, though you mentioned, lost seven straight. Yeah, it's so, uh, this has been a weird season. Two yeah. wins in 11 games. That's rough. I know that they've only played 11. That's bad. Vancouver's played 15. But they're, but like that doesn't matter. They've looked awful. They've been toothless. I mean, it's it, it really. Hey, kinda, that's my word. Toothless. Yeah. They, they look like they they only had gums. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> but the two MLS Cup teams from last year. Yeah, it's been are, rough. So it looks like we we were definitely heading for a new final this year. Okay, so Andre Real Salt Lake, because I can hear the people yelling from their mountaintops, saying, like, what about us? We, we were saying, you thought we were going to talk about us. Literally on the mountaintop. Yes, screaming that at us. So they're kind of hard to figure out because, I okay, so as soon as I saw that, I said, okay, this week we're going to give them some talking time. And I've been trying to figure them out, and it's been so difficult because they've won seven matches. Then they've lost six with only one draw. So I remember earlier with that point I was making about yeah. New England. Same thing kind of applies to them. That's a really hard thing to sustain over the course of a season. I don't see them. They might make finish sixth or fifth. Uh, I, I guess this is us not giving them credit, me not giving them credit <laughs> again. But yeah, I, they're that isn't sustainable. I think they they haven't really shown much on the road at home playing the altitude. They've been pretty good, um, and they've had a lot of guys step up though. They have. I think it's a big thing is people kind of unexpectedly fitting into positions. Their fullback position was kind of up in the air. They got guys like guys like Brooks Lennon kind of. Brooks Lennon has been solid this season. I think he's been one of their better players. Uh, Albert Rushnak too in the midfield. He is, I think, by far their best player. Yeah. So, but the rumor has it he's on his way back to Europe because that's his, because of his play and his desire to leave. Now, there was an interview where he was basically like, "I'm not really happy here. I'm not here to like enjoy myself. I'm here to play, and yeah. so that somebody will come and sign me so I can go back to Europe." It's one thing, right? It's like we expect it, right? We expect that the best players will probably want to move on. At the same time, it's another thing to come out and basically say it, right? <laughs> basically. And that's gonna that's gonna hurt them because he's their creative outlet. He is, and I can't, good, if they take that guy out of the team, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, because that would that would be a drastic change for them entirely. Their goal difference, like you mentioned, is negative seven. Their defense hasn't been stellar in some games. They've given up three or more goals in five games, but they've held shutouts in four. It's again, it's very very weird to figure this team out. Uh, you know, we we've talked about Kyle Beckerman. He's still there. Nick Romando is still a solid keeper. Joe Plata provides a lot of solid plays. Got three goals and an assist on the season, and that's kind of another thing too. This team has no main threat to score goals. They have three different players with three goals this season, and Corey Baird, Bird, Baird, yeah, Baird, oh, yeah. okay, is leading the line with four. He's been a good young striker stepping up for them. Maybe not someone we could, you could, they could rely on long term. I think that this is more of a moment that they could relish than anything else. Being okay, we made it to third. We're doing great. But, Better than anybody would have expected, at least as yeah. far as I know. I, don't, I, I remember when we talked about them before the season started, I didn't have much to say about them, and maybe that's my fault. But And then we talk about, too, like one of the things I look at when I look at a team and try to evaluate where they are, I look at their designated players. Fair or not fair, they're the, your highest-paid players. They're the ones that should be expected, you would think, to perform 
I think that's a fair assessment. You expected, you think. Yeah. You would think. So Albert Rochnack, we already talked about. He's a fantastic player. Then there's Jefferson Savarino. He's a Venezuelan. He's really young. He's been, I think he's been pretty younger solid. Than, younger than me, actually. So that's kind of, oof, oof, that's That warm. hurts, doesn't it? Man? That's weird. Jokes now, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just weird. So, I mean, he's he's been all right. I, obviously, you don't expect too much out of a guy who's that old just yet, even if, as a designated player. So that's another thing you got to take age into consideration. Yeah. Not every designated player is created equal. But he's, I think he's been growing into the role significantly recently. There is one more thing I want to bring up. Okay. Um, is their defense. We It's a little bit... Weird. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. It's, again, the three or more game, three or more goals in five games, then shutouts in four. That's I mean, there's just no way to quantify that. But here's the thing: only two teams have more goals allowed than them. Right. That's uh, even weirder. Uh, Montreal. I knew who's it. Been brutal. And Vancouver, who every game is two two or three two or three. Apparently, they cannot defend in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Because Tor- uh, well, Toronto, when they get caught up in games, will also have allowed. Yeah, Toronto has 23 goals allowed. Real Salt Lake is 26. There you go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's hard to figure them out. And, you know, again, if there if there is a Real Salt Lake fan listening, they're probably like, oh, it's not that hard. It's because we're doing this, and maybe it's because uh, tactics are doing that. I don't know. I, I've, I watched the Rocky Mountain Cup. I watched, I've, you know, I watched most of the highlights every week. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to figure them out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They When we just look at the teams below them currently, LAFC, when they get their players back, I think it's a better team. Portland. Playing really well right now, uh, probably a better team. Vancouver, despite has also played two less games. So, yeah, um, Portland's played two less games than Real Salt Lake. LAFC won. Vancouver's played one more game. I think it's arguably a equivalent team. Maybe slightly it's hard better. for me to say that now. I think Real Salt Lake have earned the right to say that they're better than Vancouver. Okay, right that's now. fair. I I'd, I'd be willing to accept that. But then Houston in seventh, I think is a better team. So. When, as the season goes on, I expect at least LAFC Some regression. and Houston to go above them. That still gives them a chance to make the playoffs and go sixth, and we did see Seattle win the MLS Cup after finishing in sixth. So that's really all it takes for them. One more game on Sunday. Sporting Kansas City 4, Minnesota United 1. No Johnny Russell, no Felipe Gutierrez, and it doesn't even phase them. Not a good day at the office for Minnesota, but boy, they, get, they got absolutely shelled in this one. There's just not much more to say. The ratings were awful. In case anyone was wondering, that's, that's like my point about this game. And it's my point about putting Super, Sporting Kansas City two weeks in a row on national television. Now the NBA Finals were on, so, you know, the national TV spotlight was away from them. But everyone was fo- – Saturday was the big day for soccer in this one. Yeah, it was it was rough. The, the rating was rough. Was, I think they said it was not top 150 cable ratings, so it wasn't even like – the number of people that watched this game was not released because of that reason. Because, uh, it's, yeah. It fell out of the top 150. Like, that's brutal. That hurts. I mean, Sporting Kansas City, there's only the, there's only the star power. They of, don't. Of the other shiny teams in the shiny. league. Shiny. Like LASC, like Atlanta. I mean. But even, hey, they won. Can't argue that. They And they do win. Uh, so I, I I like watching them. They're, they're fun to watch. <laughs> we I watched. Mean, tact- tactically, they're very interesting to watch. They may not be the most interesting direct team, like Atlanta, maybe even Philly in that regard. I mean, listen, Philly's a direct team. They, they are now. They, they weren't always. But, my God, are they good. Not Philly. Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> Please let say. me correct myself. Yeah, so one other thing you talked about Saturday being the big day, U.S. Men's National Team game day. Oh, well, yeah, preparing for the world. Never mind. All right. <laughs> oh. So some takeaways from this front. There weren't any. Uh, who am I kidding? This was just not a, a, a nondescript <laughs> performance by the U.S. They looked bad. They deserved to lose. Johnny Russell looked pretty good for Ireland, though. 
Or not for Ireland, for Scotland. I'm confusing the games. <laughs> so Johnny Russell looked good against Mexico. He's kind of so. Excuse me for getting those mixed up, but yeah. Uh, and I imagine a Scottish and an Irish person would not be happy to be confused together. So. Oh, you better believe it. Uh, so that's not good. Uh, Bobby Wood scored. I don't have anything nice to say about him or nothing. anybody that played in this. Honestly, I have nothing nice to say about anybody that played in this game. Everybody was either just average or there. I think it's what we expected from a lineup that has yet to play with each other that's been rotated. It's a, it's, ten, it's 11 individuals playing like individuals. Yeah. And not, you know, as a team. So right. kind of what we expected. Another game against France. I hope they play better because France will destroy them if not. Yeah. And I honestly expect it to be pretty similar to this one. Oof. They're, they're probably it's, – it's 11 individuals. If maybe, they play like that, they're going to lose like 6 nothing. It's possible. I mean, it's part of the learning process. Yeah, I know, they're going to learn some, all right. Listen, if if they go out and and just and beat France one nothing, well, what does that really mean? Nothing. For, it doesn't really mean much. I'm just saying. It means a lot for France, though. It means yeah, trouble maybe on the front going to the World Cup. So, yeah. I expect France to be up for that game much more than the U.S. But it is their send off game, so yeah. And they will likely play a pretty strong eleven, even though I don't think there is even a combination of players that they could put out there that wouldn't be a strong eleven. So. I think you could find them, but you'd probably have to go pretty far down. No, I'm, but they only can use players from the like the roster, so it's only like 30 guys to oh, choose from. Oh, the 30-man roster? Yeah, yeah. anyone out there. Oh, no, they, they absolutely I should. thought you meant any French No, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. No, no. Uh, <laughs> just some news and notes from Europe. Zinedine Zidane shockingly resigned as Real Madrid manager. Do wonder who will take over. Please be Arsene Wenger. Please be Please. Arsene. Please. If it's Arsene Wenger. Oh, yes. It won't be. Uh, World Cup previews coming soon to a podcasting app near you. Hopefully this one. Yeah. Hopefully this one. Uh, U.S. Open Cup. It's our domestic cup, so of course we have to talk about it. Very important. Yeah, so we're going to go through each game, give detailed breakdowns, and... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's not that important. It's not that important. Not yet. Uh, Louisville City, FC, defeated New England. Good for them. Reigning USL champs, yeah. Yeah, cup set. Uh, DC United did outlast North Carolina FC in PKs. But, I mean, let's be honest. Those two good showings for USL. Yeah. I mean... MLS teams don't generally take these very seriously, so... Not such a good showing for Richmond, the Richmond kickers. That was... Um, <laughs> when you get blown out by the Union. Congrats on crushing dreams, by the way. That's all you're good for, huh? You can crush your own fans' dreams, and then you can crush smaller teams, too, huh? I mean, we got to be good at something. You have to, <laughs> everyone has to have one thing, oh and that's sort of thing. Well, but that I mean, was rough. So the, the red cards with Bedoya and Medunian, and we saw them play in this game. Yeah. We saw what looked pretty close to a starting 11, maybe with a few slight rotations... There's a couple youngsters thrown in there, but it wasn't exactly a like a Did you watch the B it? team. I like you would watch a normal Union game. No, no, okay, no, no, no. okay. But like you know, you just look at the lineup. It it was a lineup that was you might expect against like a DC United if they knew they were going to win. I'm looking forward to uh, games tonight. Columbus Crew and yeah. Chicago Fire. Oof. The Midwest Classic. Midwest Midwest Classic. You got the New York Derby. You got Miami United against Orlando City. You got FC Cincinnati, who, you know, now that they're officially coming to MLS, I'm sure they'll get up for this one. Try to claim some heads. And then Houston Dynamo against NTX Rayados, an amateur team. I don't see Houston making it out of this one, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, I'm rooting for them hard. uh, I think everyone is. I think even Houston fans are. Yeah. Or, you know, whoever. And that's about it. And that front, I mean, there's other games, but you know, I'm not about to run all the, all these. I mean, the LA Galaxy are playing FC Golden State Force. What a great name. The NBA <laughs> Finals are on tonight. I doubt anyone's watching any Open Cup anyway. Yeah, yeah if you're a soccer fan, hopefully you are. And the last one I think would be is interesting, Sacramento Republic in Seattle. Sacramento has kind of been... Papa Murphy's Park. <laughs> Papa Murphy's Park. 
been trying to get into the MLS. Uh, they've been one of the better attended USL teams against a Seattle Sounder team, who, by all accounts, is probably going to get shut out once again. Oh, man, if they can't score against Sacramento, Rough. man. Yeah. Uh, has Clint Dempsey's, uh, like, Open Cup suspension been... Uh, has he served his games served? yet? <laughs> yes. I, don't, I would be surprised if he has. Well, I mean, all he has to do is, like, be on the Seattle roster, right? And I, I obviously, I doubt he was going to play in most of these games anyway, but... Yeah, I, I don't see him playing in this one. If but. he has, if yeah. Uh, anyway, a loaded slate of games on Saturday. Ten games. No oh, Sunday. Because the World Cup break's officially starting on Sunday, so we've made it. We're there. We are at, at the, the break. We are at the break. Well, there are some games on Wednesday, but yeah. Next Wednesday? Are there games next There's Wednesday? a handful. There better not be. There's a handful. Well, that's not our concern, though, now. That's for next week's show. That's next. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, yeah, 10. Yeah, I was just talking about games. the... No, the break starts on Sunday, though, so there shouldn't be any games. I'm just going with what Google tells me. Wednesday, 6-13. There's, like, six games. What? Ugh, we'll gosh. get to it next week. We will get to it next we'll week. We'll get so to it next week. Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Doubleheader with the U.S. Men's National Team versus France. Oof. Might drive off more viewers than it keeps. Columbus Crew, New York Red Bulls. That should be a good one. Jesse Tactic, Marsh yeah. against... Greg Berhalter. Tactically, it should be an exciting matchup. And then uh, my match of the week, Portland Timbers versus Sporting Kansas City. Two very good teams. Who are gonna face in off. good form and should be a good game. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, early start. Um, oh, yeah, it is an early kickoff, isn't it? New York City FC versus Atlanta in the uh, in the football, what in the baseball stadium of Yankee Stadium. So see if Atlanta can adjust to the smaller park. Uh, 1230 Eastern, Saturday. My one to watch. But uh, that's all the time we have now this week in the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us and check out past episodes on iTunes and Stitcher for all your American soccer needs. Until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantar signing off. Wait, wait, don't sign off yet. Oh. There's one more thing I wanted to mention. We're not signing off? We're we're moving. (laughs) We're moving on. We're moving on location. That's true. I guess people should know this. P.S. We are moving to uh, Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. We won't be recording from our dingy sound booth anymore. Instead, we'll be recording from a dingy apartment somewhere. Yeah, I think it's technically a condo, but same idea. I'm pretty sure it's listed as an apartment. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, he's a forward. He's listed as a rake back. <laughs> there's, uh, so you'll be expecting maybe some later upload times or something. Don't expect too much different. Oh, but, no, trust me. We're, we're podcasting every day during the World Cup. Expect, expect, yeah, I would say expect more stuff as we're out there. We'll talk more about that next week. Yep. Uh, So don't forget to uh, subscribe, like I said. Uh, Now we are actually signing off. (laughs)